Hello there and welcome to the Whole Healed Holy Podcast, a place for conversations of the heart, for exploring healing, divinity, and all things sacred. I'm your host, Patricia Russo. I'm a mystic, muse, and spiritual teacher, guiding women into their hearts with a journey of softening. I'm a published poet, a lover of hearts, and a forever student. Welcome, love, to a sacred pause and hopefully a few tingles, and to a reminder that we are all whole, healed, and holy. I'm so happy you are here. Let's slip into today's episode. Where were you before you came into this body? I found myself, as I often do, in a beautiful circle recently, contemplating affairs of the heart. The answers to this question I received were so beautiful that I still feel them within me, lingering and filling my heart with the energy of the sisters that shared them. When I began this podcast last year, I began with the intention to make space for sharing conversations with beautiful spirits who would share their hearts and stories here, and 10 beautiful episodes were created. And soon after the podcast launched, another desire began to grow within me, inspired by a comment made by a listener, a desire to share the stories of my own heart here too. This is the first solo episode that I will share of 12 this year, this series of personal stories or a collection of stories rather is inspired by my nearly 53 years of lived experience. I can't believe I'm going to be 53 this year by my heart work and by my own healing journey. And by the way that I see the world as a mystic and a poet and an artist. I broke a soft promise to myself a few weeks ago, a promise that I wouldn't create another website or big offering or body of work, (laughs) that I would focus on the work that I launched last year, which I feel so deeply called to do, and which took me quite a while to streamline and bring through with lots of clarity. This is the new brand with my name and journey of softening. As As I sat in front of the screen with the blank about page for my new, yes, new website, a stream of inspiration poured in for this first episode, for this first solo episode. And, and this is, you know, this is the, 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 the stream of, of, of inspiration is about the evolution, um, the evolution of me. I used to feel embarrassed about all that I create, the wake of things in my past, the different versions of me that I've been so openly for all to see. So many of you listening to this have known one of these versions, maybe all of them. Because instead of looking at at all of it as an evolution and as very feminine, I judged myself for bouncing around, for trying to figure it out, for not being successful with one thing. About pages are so strange. Even on a great writing day, the writer in me struggles to creatively and poetically and concisely put all that I have been and done and created 
into two or three tidy little paragraphs that will tip the needle or make an honest difference in words to the one reading them. And then consider the question that I began with. Where were you before you came into this body? (laughs) Where was I before I came into this body? Oh my goodness. The lives that I've lived before this one. (sighs) I chose to come into a family this time as the firstborn to two young parents who were in love. My first baby sister came just a little over a year later followed by three more to make us five. Being a big sister from the beginning is something that I feel really proud of. And being a sister feels like such a deep truth for me of who I am. I was a creative child. I spoke to God daily. I had an altar. And I remember even being superstitious. I taught my sisters how to write how to ride a bike. And I was a young mother to them for my entire childhood. I used to teach a room full of make-believe students with a birthday candle for chalk on my bedroom wall. And I'm sure that I got in trouble for all of the wax that my teachings left behind. Being a teacher came naturally to me and this feels like another deep truth of who I am. I was the first in my immediate family to go to college. My father received his GED and a few degrees during his army time. And both of my mothers never went to college. I was the kid who struggled in school. This is where all of how I felt inside came out. So it was a really big, big deal that I was bound for college after high school. And I give full credit to my grandfather for planting this idea in my head and in my heart as I grew up. I started gently with a two-year degree at a little college just outside of Chicago where I fell in love with academia. And then I found myself at Indiana University in Bloomington, which felt like such a dream. And it still does when I think about those days. I wanted to be the teacher that I never had. So I studied education and I also wanted to follow my heart and love for art. So I studied towards a minor in art. My BS in secondary education landed me in a student teaching experience where I realized my dream for the very first time, teaching a room full of real rather than imaginary students. Teaching for me comes naturally and it feels like a deep, deep calling. And I'll be sharing more about this in a future episode. I went on to teach for eight years. And one of those years, I co-created a program for at-risk students and was awarded teacher of the year. This program and accolade are still a few of my very cherished memories of my time serving in the public school system. The constant nag to create and be more than just a teacher was always there for me. And so I often had my hands in clubs and organizations, coaching and many creative endeavors, one of which became my very first business. I married my college sweetheart in 1995 and I planned my own wedding. This is when I realized that I have what I call then the Martha gene, a reference to the iconic queen of creativity, Martha Stewart 
who was such an idol for me during this time. The requests to help friends with their weddings came naturally at first from girls who had attended mine. And then one thing led to another and social butterfly, my wedding atelier was born. The first, my very first studio slash office was in my living room. (laughs) And then it grew to a beautiful wedding planning studio in the heart of Bloomington with a real space that felt so glamorous to me. For a moment, I juggled the two, wedding planning and teaching, and it worked beautifully because with teaching, you have the summers off. But then my business snowballed and I began to feel a real desire to answer this entrepreneurial desire. This happened at the exact same time that I found myself right smack in the middle of some political drama at the school. So I bowed out and I retired early from public school teaching. Just as I was transitioning into a full-time wedding planner in this small town of Indiana and learning what the market would bear, that what the market would bear is not exactly the equivalent to my teaching salary, I bumped into a New Yorker in the magazine business who had just, who was visiting Bloomington, who had visited Bloomington, I guess this was, I, I, I met him actually after his first visit to Bloomington. He visited Bloomington and fell in love with it and decided to retire there and start a city magazine, which we had never had before. And he needed a well-connected associate publisher. And even though I had no idea what an associate publisher did, he liked that I was a girl about town. And so he hired me. And what a beautiful life this was as a wedding planner and an associate publisher of the new city magazine in Bloomington. In 2004, my college love affair ended in divorce after nearly 10 years. We were together for 13. And I became the divorced wedding planner. And the boss who was initially okay with me splitting my time as a wedding planner and associate publisher wanted me in the office full time. Things began to feel very different for me. A big shift was happening at this time. And so I treated myself to a week-long visit to San Francisco to visit my twin sisters. And I fell in love instantly. From the moment I returned home to Bloomington, I began plotting my jump into this bigger pond. I sold everything in my house in a tag sale and the house. I put things into storage. I packed my pooch and my belongings into my Jeep Liberty. And I asked my dear friend Jay to help drive me across country on a whim. I felt that I needed to be in San Francisco, and so I went. I left my wedding planning business in the hands of a few partners and then later sold it to another small town girl who saw the value in what I had created beyond its biggest asset, me. And this has always felt like an accomplishment to have built a name and a brand in Bloomington that is known and has lasted beyond my time there. For a little over a month after arriving in San Francisco, I lived on the sofa of my twin sister's apartment south of Market on Howard Street with a new job at 7x7 Magazine in the ad sales department. It was a hard but beautiful transition from small town girl to big city girl. It was a blank page, a start over from scratch, blind faith trusting a feeling and living from my heart rather than from anything that was rational. 
And this has been a common thread in my story, another deep, deep truth for me and who I am. When the owner of 7 by 7 magazine called the entire staff of the magazine in one year later and announced that we were all going to commission only with no more salaries, I felt like another big shake was happening. I pivoted once again by scoring a beautiful opportunity with one of my ad clients in liquor sales. I was hired as a Northern California manager for a supplier. During the interview, my boss asked me to tell him one of my weaknesses. And when I shared that I had zero experience selling liquor, he excitedly responded, this isn't a weakness. I love this. You have no bad habits to break. It can teach you everything you need to know. This season of big sales and golden handcuffs lasted for three or four years for me as I bounced around a little bit. And it was excruciating. It was an excruciating job in the end. Not at all aligned with who I was, how I live or think. And I was terrible at this job. I was good at the networking and socializing that it required, but I hated spreadsheets and sales strategy and calling on accounts and being at bars. But it was a job with social currency and great benefits. And it gave me many, many advantages, which I feel blessed about. During this time, I continued to create small businesses and offerings on the side. Some of you listening might remember Tuckins Monthly. Um, Tuckins Monthly, the monthly subscription company that I created for couples that got some beautiful press. My blog, Love Lust Butterflies, and Charm School with a S-K-O-O-L which was a series of events for women to gather in the city. Oh my goodness, did I love this one? And then there was Pat Bailey Presents, my first attempt at a marketing and events business, expanding the wedding and social events that I had created in Bloomington. All of these had a good run, but in typical me fashion, creating them was the most exciting part for me. And each one of them naturally fell away and I let them. In 2014, I answered a deep and long call in my heart to become a registered bhakti yoga teacher after falling madly in love with Rusty Wells and a community of big hearts at Urban Flow. I cannot believe that it is going to be 10 years. It's 10 years this year. I can't believe that. Selling liquor by day and steeping myself in what was then a very physical bhakti practice before and after my day job was getting increasingly more and more comfortable for me. I wanted to teach full time and or create something for myself that would sustain me. And I've spent the last decade in a beautiful season of figuring this out. What resulted was more creative endeavors in the wake While planning my exit from the nine to five that I didn't like, I was laid off. And I felt like this was a wink from God. I said goodbye to the corporate life forever with a second solo trip to Burning Man to celebrate. Among my endeavors during this time were a cycling and yoga trips uh, opportunity to Hungary, which I led, an influencer marketing agency, full-on content creating and brand partnerships as an influencer on social media, a career as a luxury travel writer for The Fit Traveler, The Hell Yes Life, and a branding academy. And then subsequently, my new brand now with my name, 
which is mostly an online brand with offerings guiding women into their hearts on a journey of softening. I also self-published a poetry book during this time called These Words, which began as a collection of very intimate poems, analoging the journey of my heart breaking into a million pieces and putting myself back together again. During this time, I became untethered. I began to wander. I answered the deep desire that I have always had to be a pilgrim, to study faiths, and I let my heart guide me to sacred places all around the world. As my world got bigger and bigger, I found myself landing in Paris to catch my breath. And I heard my spirit tell me clearly that this was the next place to be. So I jumped yet again into an even bigger pond. This was nearly five years ago. I cannot believe that. And I'll share more about my time here in Paris in a future episode. I'm married to a Frenchman now, which anchors me here even more solidly. But we are also very much in love with and feeling called to spend time in Salsalito too. My work is following this flow, the love that is here, the beauty of my life, the deep service and dharma that I feel called to answer to. And this will always be part of who I am and what I create and what I do. And this brings me to the newest website where I began this first solo episode share that I promised myself I would not create. (laughs) It's called Whole Healed Holy. I'm feeling once again a desire to let some of these other things fall away. I'm forever curating and simplifying and evolving. The deepest work that I have the great honor to do currently is private mentorship with women. I feel gifted and called to serve in this way. So this is staying for sure. I'm returning to the bhakti that I love in a bigger way, building an in-person community in Paris. I'm continuing to share interfaith space with women that I adore. I'm returning to the artist that I once was by beginning to paint again. I'm writing weekly on Substack and working on publishing a children's book. My podcast is expanding to include more personal stories and shares. It feels like a lot and also the simplest, most true parts of who I am all at once. I want to thank those of you who have been here with me all of these years during this evolution and remembering. If this is you, I would love it if you would share in the comments with this episode how we met and when this was and what I was doing then. I feel so blessed to have former high school students, clients, partners, brides, colleagues, and dear, dear friends and supporters in my community witnessing me and cheering me on every step of the way. And I guess I'd love for this share to inspire you to be in flow, to trust your heart, to let things fall away, to give yourself permission to create and evolve. You have this one beautiful life to live. How will you live it? Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me that we have shared this moment of deep conversation. If you feel inspired or touched by something in this episode, please leave a comment and or a review. For more in all the ways, please find me at Whole Healed Holy on Instagram and at www.patricia-holy.com.
www.rousseau.com on the web. Stay close, please, and know that you are whole, you are healed, and you are holy. I love you. Until next time.